Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. The Lord. Good evening, everybody. Good to see the different ones out in God's house today. Amen. To our guests, we welcome you. Thank you for being here. Amen. Some that wasn't here this morning, able to be back or be here rather tonight. Amen. We're going to try if I, if I can get by without a debacle of having to preach off my phone tonight. All right. It's, it's, it's whenever you take it like eight and a half by eleven, you squinch it down to like this phone size. I don't have I don't have this size that you carry with two hands next to your head. That's my phone size right there. Uh, life is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Going to be turned to First Kings, and uh, Dad, my Bible. We bound it so many times it can't be bound no more. I've rebound this Bible so many times. Now I just got holy matrimony in the mats. That's where we're at. It's not cover to cover. From now on, I'm going to say God's word is true from holy matrimony to the maps. That's the way it's going to be. Amen. So that's the way it is. First Kings chapter number 2 and uh, verse number 26. Amen. I hope it bears true that they say that if the, if the Bible's wore out, perhaps it belongs to someone whose life is not. And so maybe, maybe. 1 Kings chapter number 2, verse number 26. Uh, here tonight, the Bible says, Unto Abiathar the priest said the king, Get thee to Anathoth unto thine own fields, for thou art worthy of death, but I will not at this time put thee to death, because thou bearest the ark of the Lord God before David my father, and because thou hast been afflicted in all wherein my father was afflicted. So Solomon thrust out Abiathar from being priest unto the Lord that he might fulfill the word of the Lord which he spake concerning the house of Eli. And Solomon's words were, For thou art worthy of death, but I will not at this time put thee to death. For a little while tonight, I want to minister along these lines. Mercy in rebellion. Abiathar's tale. Mercy in rebellion. Abiathar's tale. Now, I realize uh, maybe Abiathar is not real familiar to some of you. I have this feeling. Uh, but we'll try to make him a little bit more familiar to you. That just means more work right here. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you, Jesus, tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, for your many blessings, God, that you bestowed upon us, Lord, the songs, God, that we have, Lord, sang here this evening, Lord, giving glory into your name, exalting the name of Jesus, Lord, and your ability to do. I pray, oh, Lord, touch every mind in this place. Help us to lean in, Lord, God, to what you may have, Lord, for our individual lives. God will not fail to thank you and praise you, Lord, for what you accomplish in this place tonight. In the lovely name of Jesus, we pray. And the church say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this evening in Jesus' name. We are at a section and period of time in Scripture here in 1 Kings chapter number 2 that David has already lived his life to a certain degree. 
He is coming to the time in his own personal life that the light is growing dim. David is about 70 years old currently in the last chapter in these these passages of Scripture. And it's quite a different picture than what we have typically seen of David because we're so used to seeing David the warrior, David the one that's going out to fight giants, David the psalmist that is composing uh, lyrics out on a pasture and fighting uh, the, the, the bear and the lion. But now David, this is a David that is an elder David. This is not the David that was in his youth. This is a David that is near death. The circulation, according to Scripture, as some of our elders may be able to identify with, that the circulation in his body just wasn't like it once was, right? He's an older David. His, he, he gets cold easier quicker, doesn't take much of a fluctuation of change in the temperature for him to know it. The Bible describes him that he cannot get heat by himself. He has difficulty staying warm. And so they found a young damsel by the name of Abishag who was chosen to, as the Bible puts it, to minister to David. Basically, her body heat just to keep the king, to keep him warm. But David's compromised state of being aged now allowed for one of his sons by the name of Adonijah to attempt to ascend to the throne of his father rather than the chosen son who the Bible says that Solomon would be the one that would take the place of David. So Adonijah tries to move in in a cunning and sly way and move into the throne room of his father. And as a result of that taking place and happening, what that did for David and those that were uh, close to him of his entourage, it encouraged David to go ahead and put all things in place. Go on and make security of Solomon being the next king and putting everything that he desired as Solomon to be the king in order. And one of David's charges to Solomon in the process of doing all of this was Solomon, he says, there is some unfinished business. There is some unfinished business in my reign and from my rule that I want you to be aware of. There's some things that didn't, take place or did not happen that I would like to see happen somewhere in the future of your reign that's left over from my reign. Solomon, there is some judgment that's still pending for some people. There's some judgment that still the, 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 the gavel needs to fall, so to speak, still yet for some people. And not only that, Solomon, but there are still some rewards that are pending for other people, people that need to be rewarded that's been left undone in my reign. There was, there was some judgment awaiting. You can read it in your own Bibles. I encourage you to do so. The Bible says that David spoke to Solomon. He says there, I want you to remember Joab because Joab killed a couple of captains of Israel. Solomon, he, he took some blood of war in a time of peace. And I want you to remember Joab. And, and don't forget Shimei either because Shimei came along alongside me and he cursed me as I was leaving Jerusalem during the rebellion of my son Absalom. He was speaking cursings against me and all those things and I know that Shimei came to me whenever I returned to Jerusalem and he seemed to be somewhat apologetic. He said, but Solomon, don't allow him to, to go without being, don't allow him to be guiltless. You, you, you got to hold him accountable for what he had done. And so there's some judgment that 
that's still pending from David's reign. But not just judgment, but reward. He said, Solomon, I don't want you to forget Barzillai and his family because as I left during Absalom's rebellion, they were there. They were there to supply food and they were there to supply resources for our journey and they were there coming alongside us to be of aid and to help. And so I want you to remember he and his family. I know he's already gone, but I want you to honor his children. I want you to be mindful of them. And so in the opening verses of the chapter that I read to you tonight, there are some stark contrasts that are laid there between those who are awaiting amen some judgment because they had been in opposition to their king and others who awaited rewarding because they were on the king's side there there were two different divisions of people and yet this idea persists even as David's son Adonijah had asked after he'd already attempted to take the throne and after David has already coded his grave he approaches Bathsheba and says, Bathsheba, I'd like for you to go in before the new king Solomon. And I'd like you to ask him if I could have Abishag, the one that kept our father warm and kept him uh, uh, ministered to in his elder years. Because see, now Abishag really belonged to Solomon. Am I helping anybody? Am I telling any story? Do you remember this in your Bible school class? Probably not. And so David is dead, and so Abishag should belong to Solomon. And so Adonijah, who tried to take David's throne and tried to edge in before Solomon, is asking for this damsel that his father, his felling father, his felling king had. And culturally, according to culture, to do such a thing was then basically to ask for the kingdom. If you ask for the damsel of the king, you might as well just ask for the kingdom. And so Adonijah, in requesting this, is really asking for something he already attempted to get anyway. Give me the throne. And so as a result of this now, under the rule of Solomon, Adonijah will be put to death. And the lives of those that are associated with him will also be considered. The Bible says in 1 Kings 2 and verse number 22, and King Solomon answered and said unto his mother Bathsheba, And why dost thou ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also? For he is mine elder brother. Look at it now. Even for him. Did you ask the kingdom for him? And for Abiathar the priest? And for Joab the son of Zariah? In other words, when the, whenever Bathsheba asked for Abishag, for Adonijah, Solomon says, when you ask that, that basically equaled that of asking for the throne for Adonijah, the priesthood for Abiathar, and the commandment of the army for Joab. Someone say amen. Because in Scripture, Abiathar and Joab had joined in the rebellion of Adonijah. They had joined forces in the rebellion of Adonijah. Remember, Joab already has a few strikes against him. He's already killed a couple of captains in a time of peace. He took the blood of war in a time of peace. And now he has this to his record. Amen. Along with everything else, his association with Adonijah. And so Solomon in his recording and remembering everything that his father David has said. But Abiathar, everybody say Abiathar. Abiathar is the wild card of them all. 
He's the wild card of them all because while some people are being judged and others are being rewarded, there's Abiathar. As some are deserving death and others are receiving mercy, there's Abiathar. Solomon says to Abiathar, he says, for thou art worthy. Thou art worthy of death. But I will not at this time put thee to death. Wait a minute. Joab is executed. Shimei eventually is executed. Adonijah is executed. The children of Barzillai are rewarded. And Abiathar, he should die. But he's disposed of his high priest role. Only time this has ever happened in Scripture, the disposal of a high priest. Disposed of his high priest row and banished to his home and Anathoth. As a matter of fact, I searched the Scriptures today. I asked Google and other people like Google, amen, concerning things today. The Bible does not record Abiathar's death in Scripture. It only records his expulsion from office and his exile. We never know how Abiathar died. But Solomon says to him, Abiathar, you should die, but you're getting mercy. You should die. But you're getting mercy. Abiathar, you rebelled right alongside Adonijah. You pressed right in that opposition toward your king. Amen. You're going to suffer the consequences of an exile. You're going to suffer the expulsion of being the high priest. You're going to be exposed exposed and disposed from your office. You should have died, but mercy is giving you what you don't deserve. Mercy's going to, you're going to live out a consequence, but you're going to be able to keep your life someone say amen in other words you will not die a high priest you will die an ordinary man but you will not die today why he said because somewhere in your past you endured the afflictions with my father the king and you bore the ark of the covenant someone say amen what I'm saying tonight is this. He, Solomon is telling Abiathar, there are two things that spare you from death today. And these things fall under the same heading, the same word. Abiathar, this is the reason why you won't die today. It's because of having been faithful somewhere along the road in your past. You were faithful to the king and you were faithful to God's presence. And because of those two things, mercy says you won't die today mercy says it's not over today mercy says you got another chance because you've had some faithfulness in your past though you may live out your years as an ordinary man today by far you're not dying someone say amen you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of a psalm that the Bible says that was written by the sons of Korah who were men that were responsible for attending to holy things. Men that were responsible for carrying the Ark of the Covenant when they lifted up their voice in the psalms and they said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell among the tents of wickedness. You know what they were saying? I'd rather be an ordinary man and a dead man. They were saying mercy is preferred over untempered judgment. They were saying we deserve death but we receive mercy not 
today. Someone say amen. You stand here. You look at everybody else that was executing. You look at a bypass, and you might think, well, he doesn't deserve that. Well, you're right. But it wouldn't be mercy if we deserved it. There's a lot of us that don't deserve some of the goodness we've received too. There's a lot of us that don't deserve to be sitting on these pews. There's a lot of us. But it wouldn't be mercy if we deserved it. Someone shout to the Lord right now. Someone say, thank you, Lord. Look, at, look, if you will, the trajectory of Abiathar's life. He supported, listen to me clearly. He supported Adonijah and Adonijah's self-promotion for being Israel's next king instead of Solomon. And by doing this, by supporting Adonijah, by supporting his rebellion, he revealed that he wasn't just alongside Adonijah, but he was playing against the revealed will of God for Solomon. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 22 and verse 8, but the word of the Lord came unto me, David, saying, Thou shalt shed blood abundantly, and hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house unto my name. Remember David wanted to build the Lord a house? Thought he was going to do it, but he couldn't because all the bloodshed. He said, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth of my sight. He said, but behold, a son shall be born to thee who shall be a man of rest. That's what Solomon's name means, rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies round about for his name shall be Solomon. I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days and he shall build a house for my name and he shall be my son and I will be his father and I will establish his throne he's telling David who's going to be king I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever and so whenever Abiathar sided with Adonijah he sided with another that was quote unquote king that was outright against God's will and the Bible even records that Adonijah, he went to meet with Joab. He went to meet with Abiathar. The Bible says that he conferred with them. And they followed Adonijah. Abiathar, the Bible says, helped Adonijah. The Bible says that Abiathar, he was in and participating in the agenda of this overthrow of another kingdom. He was all a part of that. The Bible tells us that Abiathar was at the pseudo, I'm going to call it the, the false king, the pseudo king's announcement party. Whenever Adonijah came forth and like, ah, I'm king, and they blew trumpets, they're like, yeah, yeah. Abiathar was all a part of that. But that was, in con that was contrary to God's word. That was contrary to the will of God. Abiathar was among the crowds and the masses of people that raised their voice and said, God, save King Adonijah. Abiathar, that came from his lips, but it wasn't God's will but he was speaking in any way and Abiathar wasn't duped he wasn't medicated he wasn't on drugs Abiathar knew what he was doing and he and others were afraid when they heard the news that David
David set Solomon on the throne because Abiathar knew in the innermost part of his spirit, I have done wrong. So Abiathar deserved death. In this moment, he deserved death. But at other times, he had carried God's presence. At other times, rather than falling to the temptation of getting under a spirit of rebellion, he got under the presence of the Lord. Someone say amen. What are you saying? I'm saying Adonijah's rebellion isn't the only rebellion that Abiathar had ever lived through. This isn't the only rebellion that he was ever exposed to. You read in scripture that Abiathar lived through Saul's conspiracy to kill David and all the dens and the caves and the high and the low areas. Abiathar lived during the moments of Saul conspiring to kill David. Abiathar, Abiathar lived through Absalom's rebellion of trying to take his father David's throne as well. He lived through that and here's Abiathar are now he's deserving of death but he's been shown mercy and the only reason why or one of the reasons why is because he wasn't always given to rebellion that took place around him there were other times he gave himself to the spirit of the Lord someone say amen I need to tell somebody today that there are some mercies that you're reaping today because of some fat past faithfulness. There are some present day mercies that are tied to a past faithfulness. Because when you could have went left, you went right. When you could have crumpled underneath the road, you stood tall. When you could have gave in, you said you was going on. Oh, someone say yes. Although the Ark of the Covenant was typically carried by the Levites from the tribe of Kohath. Not necessarily the high priest. As a matter of fact, we don't even see that typically. There were instances recorded, and please notice my verbiage here. There are places recorded where it seems, it seems that the high priest along with the other priests and Levites, was involved in transporting or handling the Ark of the Covenant. For your consideration, 2 Samuel 15 and verse 24, the Bible says, and this is during the days of Absalom's rebellion. This is during the days, and, and folks, if some of this stuff you're like, I don't know what he's talking about in the stories, then this is a good place for you to go home and read your Bibles. All right, familiarize yourself with the word for our little book club here that happens on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. Amen. And so here it is, it seems. The Bible says, in lo, Zadok, this is during Absalom's rebellion. Also, and all the Levites were with him bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God, and Abiathar went up until all the people had done passing out of the city. Skip down to verse number 29. Between verse 24 and verse 29, King David is leaving Jerusalem because of the rebellion. He is. He'll come back at a, another day, 
But he speaks then to Zadok and he speaks to Abiathar who both are serving in high priesthood roles at this time. And he basically tells them in verse 29, has a discussion with them that they need to go back to Jerusalem. Don't come out here. Don't bring the ark out here with me. You, you and the ark, and all you, you, you go back. And the Bible says in verse 29, and Zadok therefore and Abiathar carried the ark of God again to Jerusalem and they tarried there. Again, this was during a different rebellion. Another son by another name is rebelling. And Abiathar is not with Absalom. Abiathar is under the pressure and the burden of God's presence. And Zadok and Abiathar and the Levites, according to the scripture, carried the ark out of Jerusalem going to follow King David. But again, David advises them, take the ark back to Jerusalem. And so the Bible tells us that Zadok and Abiathar, who again are considered high priests, but verse 29 says they carried the ark back to Jerusalem. And here's where you just got to think, all right? And I don't know the complete answer. I don't know if the they that carried the ark back, I know Zadok and Abiathar were mentioned, but when it says they tarried there, they carried the ark, I don't know if the they simply meant Zadok and Abiathar or if it included all the Levites of verse 24, also found then in verse 29. I'm just saying, I don't know for sure. And I don't care how much a scholar will argue, I don't think none of them know for sure. But if so, the involvement of a high priest doing that, transporting the ark, would have been the exception, not the rule. It would almost have been a situational thing because the primary responsibility for transporting the ark usually rests upon the Levites, not the high priest. So while these high priests might, notice my wording here, might have been involved in certain instances of transporting the ark, it wasn't the high priest's regular duty for doing so. It wasn't generally assigned to him. But listen to me. But if Abiathar did lend a shoulder, then he lent a shoulder to support God's presence during a time of rebellion. Instead of fanning the flames of Absalom, he's fanning the flames of the presence. And so now in this moment of time, Solomon says, you should die. <laughs> but you've been faithful during a rebellion in the past. And so although you've not been totally faithful now, I'm going to give you mercy rather than death. Someone say amen. amen. Folks, this just happened just last week in my preparation for last week's sermon. Stuff happens sometimes because I get like, you know, five ideas going at the same time and sometimes when I'm reading something else, it goes with something else and it's like, and I have the Star of David going on in my head. 
And so I was reading a story about sandalwood on my preparation for last week's message. And as I was reading this, sandalwood is such a great and fabulous wood that, uh, you know, people tried to smuggle it out of the country in which it, it lies. It's such a, 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 a priceless thing. And so there was the authorities that had caught a man who they assumed to be a smuggler of the sandalwood. And the authority went up to the man and took him by the collar and pulled it over and he seen the purple and the black bruising on his shoulder which was evidence and indication to him that this man has been involved in carrying the heavy wood and when I read that just because I'm who I am I began to think I wonder what the shoulders of the men that carry the Ark of the Covenant I wonder what, because we're not just talking about carrying it from the front door to the pulpit. These men carried the Ark of the Covenant for miles upon miles from where they pulled up their tent to the next place where they pitched their tent. Not only that, they made it for years carrying it from the time that it was composed in the wilderness till it made its landing where it needed to be. I thought about, I wonder what the shoulders of these guys are because we have the Ark of the Covenant, right? It's made of wood, uh, but it's coated with gold on the inside and it's coated with gold on the outside and, and it had at, at different times the Ten Commandments uh, made of stone that's placed in there and Aaron's rod that bud had placed in there and a pot of manna that was placed in there and I'm thinking, I'm wondering, so I started doing some things and again, nobody knows for sure but there are a lot of different opinions out out there people that have been just as scientific as they could with the materials and the dimensions and I found a couple estimations a high estimation is that the Ark of the Covenant with the contents could have weighed somewhere around 615 pounds highest estimate and if we assume just four people carrying it with the staves that were through the sides that would be 160 pounds per men 160 pounds bore on the shoulder. I read some other estimates just so we can get the full panorama of it. Another one said that the ark and the contents probably weighed 288 pounds. Again, that would be about 72 pounds per person on the shoulder. Another, the lowest estimation I found was that the ark of the covenant may have weighed 183 pounds. That would still yet be 46 pounds. Someone say, well, ain't no big deal. 46 pounds, you carry that for miles. From my experience, a feather gets heavy after you carry it long enough. Someone say amen. So I present to you again this evening, I don't know if Abiathar actually carried the ark or not during that time of rebellion. But if he did... If he did, I just imagine him, Brother Fred, standing before Solomon as Solomon tells him, you're worthy of death. And I see Solomon's head go up to the gathered robe next to his neck and pull it back and perhaps see bruising and say, but not today. Not today. Because somewhere in the past, you've bore the weight of his presence. There's a callus here. There's a bruising here. There's an indication that you got under the load. Somewhere in the, you might not be doing it today, but somewhere in your 
let me encourage you. You're going to have times of ups and downs. You're going to have a roller coaster ride sometimes of experience in your relationship with God. But honey, when it's firing right, you give everything because it could be the mercy of your tomorrow. Your faithfulness in that moment could be the mercy of your... Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I just see something in Solomon. If you bore it before, son. I got confidence this just might be a little faux Paul. You'll bear it again. You'll get her. You'll choose not to rebel when others are. I have a feeling because you was able to do it before. Let me tell you, God's not mishandling you. God's not giving you one strike and you're out. God's looking over other peaks of your life of faithfulness and saying, I'm going to give you the mercy because I see you have been faithful and you can be faithful. I believe, I believe there, there could still yet be something that could come from you, Abiathar. Mercy, mercy has given you another chance another chance to display the loyalty you've had somewhere in your past another chance another chance amen to make sure you're sliding your attention to the king rather than a want to be king someone say amen not only has Abiathar been involved to some degree with bearing the ark. Another reason why that he wouldn't die today, Solomon said, was because he bore the afflictions with his father, King David. He says, you're getting mercy because, because you were a partner in the king's afflictions. You were a partner in the king's afflictions. Abiathar's father, Ahimelech, we read of in the scripture of 1 Samuel 21 and 22. Abiathar's father, Ahimelech, is the one that was manning the stationed place of the temple whenever David and some of his men are already en route to fleeing from the king. David shows up and says, Ahimelech, the king's business requires haste. Do you got any food under your hand that you might be able to give to me and my boys? Uh, they have not seen women for many days. He's, he's making sure he's crossing all the T's and dotting the I's. And he says, is there any weapons here? And he said, well, there's, there's none except, you know, the sword of Goliath. And there's none like it. And so he gives, uh, he gives, a, he gives a, a man, a David, the, the, the sword. And he gives David some provision. Uh, the shoe bread off the, uh, the, 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 the table of shoe bread. 
and he goes on his way but there was a man there by the name of Doeg that was spying all that out that day and he takes word back to Saul of the kindness that Ahimelech had shown this is Abiathar's father that Ahimelech had shown unto David and so when no one would go and slaughter these priests in this area Doeg went back there with his sword and he took Ahimelech Abiathar's father and 84 other priests and he killed them and scripture records that Abiathar was the only one out of all of them that escaped with his life and he came to David told David what happened David feeling a little responsible for what happened he allowed Abiathar to become a part of his company the Bible says in 1 Samuel 22 and verse 23, this is David speaking to Abiathar. He's telling Abiathar, Abide thou with me. Fear not, for he that seeketh my life, King Saul, seeketh thy life. But with me thou shalt be in safeguard. Abiathar was with David. And what that meant was this. Abiathar was a fugitive alongside David. As David ran from den to cave to place, Abiathar was from den to cave to place. What David endured, Abiathar endured. What David suffered, Abiathar suffered. Whatever his king went through, he went through. I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down. Whatever his king suffered, whatever his king endured, amen, Abiathar suffered and Abiathar endured. He stood with the king during all of Saul's antics of trying to take his life. He stood with the king during Absalom's rebellion. He shared in the king's afflictions. Someone say amen. Something quickens to my mind then of New Testament script that the apostle Paul said. He said that I may know him. And one of the means in which he said that I may know him, he said in the fellowship of his sufferings. Don't you think it ignorant or something stupid or way left base whenever you suffer for his namesake. Don't think it odd or peculiar when are the things that come upon you that you suffer because your allegiance is to the king. But someday as Abiathar stands before Solomon, he says one of the reasons why I'm granting mercy is because there's things that you suffered that the king suffered. You endured as the king endured. You were yoked up with the king. Some, hear me, some, some people are going to come try to God and just live their life laissez-faire. They're signing up for blessings, they're signing up for handouts, they're signing up for everything that God will give them, but they don't want to be a fellowshipper of the sufferings. When it comes to affliction, when it comes to hard times, that's where they check out. When things start going good, God, I'll come back and be yoked up into you, but until then, I don't know you. But then there are others, come hell or high water, they're with the king. They'll endure what the king endures. They'll withstand what the king withstands. And it's moments like that that provide spots and sections of mercy for our future. So, listen, you are soldiers. You've been called to an army. 
He talked about being a good soldier. You've been called to an army. And it's a millimouth army man that can't fight. It's a millimouth army man that can't go through some shots in a foxhole. It's a millimouth army. We might as well give you a discharge to go home if you can't suffer the afflictions of the army that you're joined to. Stand with me. But you know what I realize in this setting of Scripture that may be very unfamiliar to some of you is that somehow, Bishop, we've all at junctures in our life have experienced placing personal desires above God's will. We've all somewhere at times misplaced his agenda while we pursued our own agenda. And we've joined the thoughts and the cries of the rallying masses that says save King Adonijah rather than walking the lonely road of loyalty to the king. In God's presence, if our musicians could come. And while undoubtedly, and it's true, it happens, there were consequences for Abiathar. Musicians can come. While consequences come with those actions, there were also mercies from past faithfulness that surfaced. So what are you saying then tonight, Pastor McGee? I'm talking about mercy and rebellion. I'm talking about abideth our struggle. What were you saying then tonight, Brother McGee? I'm saying this. I encourage you to support the presence of God. I encourage you to get under its load. Feel the weight of its presence. Feel the weight of where His presence is going. Feel the weight of what his presence is doing. Feel the burden and the weightiness of the glory of the Lord. We close our eyes tonight because as other men in this day that Abiathar found reprieve and relief as other men in this day lay in the grave, Abiathar is going to make a three-mile journey from Jerusalem to his home, Anathoth. And he's about 80 years old. And he's going to live out the rest of his days. He's going to live out the mercies of God. Because his faithfulness His faithfulness in the past helps secure mercy in the middle of his failures of today. Because somewhere along the journey, he knew how to share in the king's afflictions and he knew how to get under the load of God's presence. Do not let this day pass us by 
of getting under the load of God's presence and if need be suffering the afflictions of our King because it could ensure some mercies that are new tomorrow morning in the middle of a failure that you find yourself. Come on, church family. Somebody needs to cling to the Lord tonight. Somebody needs to get under that load. Somebody needs to say, Lord, where you go, I go. Where you go, I go. God, Lord, what you do and, and what you suffer, I'll suffer. What you, what you endure, I'll endure. It could be the mercies of a future day if we'll just get under the load. If we'll just become faithful in this moment. We'll become faithful in this time. It could be creating and generating a mercy because we deserve to die. But you will not die today. I don't deserve that, God. Well, that's what mercy is. Mercy is when you get what you don't deserve. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Somebody needs to hear the voice of heaven today that's saying, you're not going to die today. You deserve it. That's what you're worthy of. But not today because I see you've been faithful before. Perhaps you'll turn a leaf round the corner and become faithful again. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for mercy. Will someone cry out to the King of glory right now? Will somebody cry out to the Lord right now? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.